0: Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame. I'm your host, Keith Collins, and I am blessed to know that you have joined me again this week, and let me just start off by saying that we are always blessed and encouraged when we hear from our listeners. Heard from some folks this week that are being encouraged by the current theme that I've been dealing with for the last couple of weeks that I will try to complete this week, and that is something I've been called apostolic meekness or humility, or another word is brokenness. And um, just again, thank you for for letting us know that you're listening. Um, I do want to encourage you to um, to subscribe to this show, share this with other people. It's always a blessing to know that, that people are listening, that they're being encouraged that they're being challenged that they're being stirred to go deeper in their walk with the Lord and that's really what this is all about and we're just again we're, we're honored that we're able to to use um you know this 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 vehicle so to speak this media vehicle that really is able to reach into the world around the world and we're just so blessed that That this show is being heard in in a lot of different nations, different continents. Um, Again, thank you so much for being a part of Maintain the Flame. And let me just encourage you once more, share this with family, with friends, with leaders in your life, um, with those that you are pouring into, or just maybe someone that you think might be blessed by hearing the Word of God and the teachings and the ministry themes that we bring forth week in and week out. Hey, I want to remind you one more time that we have changed our personal ministry um, web address, our Generation Impact Ministries web address. You can now access that by just simply typing in KeithCollins.net, KeithCollins.net. You can check out our new website. We are trying to improve that even more, and we're going to be adding some resources, some materials to that in the coming weeks. But you can go on there. You can see where we're at. This weekend, I'll be near the Tallahassee, Florida area, a church called River of Life Church. In Crawfordville, Florida, just about twenty miles south of Tallahassee, it'd be great to have you join us. You can go on our website and find the address and all the other information there. But I'll be there this Sunday morning. Um, also, you can you can become one of our impact partners. Our impact partners really allow us and give us the the ability to do what we're doing. And an impact partner just someone that says, hey. Keith, I'll stand with what what you're doing, what the ministry's doing for $25 a month or more. And by becoming an impact partner, you really do get on the front lines with us in the nations of the world. You help us with so many different things that we're doing, whether it be this program, books that we're writing, resources that we're creating. We are, we're helping to, to feed the poor around the world. We're helping with um, human trafficking. There's just so many areas, church planting that we're involved in here in America as well as around the world. And by becoming an impact partner, you really do get on the front lines with us. So keithcollins.net. You can also check out our network of leaders, our apostolic network that we have um, at impactgf.org, impactgf.org. And that's Impact Global Fellowship. And it's a network of amazing men and women of God that have come together together as a family, really, that's what we are. And we have a like passion for a revival, for prayer, for reaching the lost, for making disciples, for planting churches, for doing the works of Jesus in the time that we have on this earth. So you can go there and check us out. And um, again, thank you so much for being a listener here at Impact. Um, global Fellowship, or, or I'm sorry, Maintain the Flame through Generation Impact Ministries and Impact Global Fellowship. So God bless you. Well, listen, the last two weeks I have, um, I as I said earlier, I've dealt with a, a subject that to me is very important. You know, I've been blessed for the last really over two decades, but 25 years to very deliberately um, train many, many leaders, and many of them have gone out into the nations of the world, some are here in america but but i 've been blessed to 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 pour into them through ministry type schools and bible schools and and we 've seen so much amazing fruit and that blesses us so much but you know there 's There's a subject that I have dealt with, especially in my leadership training, multiple times in that setting, as well as when I pastor churches, I've dealt with this subject, as well as when I'm just pouring into leaders even now and that is the the area of of meekness or brokenness or humility and this is one of those subjects that you return to over and over and over and over again and the reason is because we always need to be reminded of the necessity to be a broken and a humble people now i don't mean brokenness because of sin or because of rebellion but there is a shattering that comes by way of who the Lord is by His nature. His holiness, His glory, His greatness, His vastness, it should cause a sense of humility in all of our lives. And even as leaders, those of us that preach the gospel, those of us that um are blessed by the Lord to to serve in a leadership-type role. Um, the closer we, we grow to the Lord, the more we realize that it's His calling, it's His ministry, it's His anointing, it's His gifts, and He just, by grace, uses us to fulfill His eternal desires in or on the earth. But at the same time, there is a great um, risk of becoming inflated in and of ourselves because of how the Lord uses our lives for His glory. And, you know, humanity is prone to worship other humans. It, it happens. We idolize preachers. We idolize especially people that move in signs and wonders and miracles, maybe in the gifts of the Spirit, whether it be the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the word of knowledge, these, these or prophecy. These are the ones that kind of really stand out to people and that people are drawn to. And as a result, we begin to idolize or worship men, worship leaders, men and women that have gifts and anointing upon their lives and it ends up oftentimes inflating their ego and um and causing them to go into error. Therefore, our walk with God, especially experiencing Him in intimacy through prayer, sometimes through visitation. These things are so important because they keep us grounded, and they keep us humble, and they keep us recognizing that it's only His grace, it's only His glory, it's only His holiness that makes a real difference, even in the lives of those that He uses mightily. So I want to just open up by reading, this is part three of Apostolic Meekness, but I want to start by by reading John chapter fifteen again, verses one through three, because this has really been the foundational, um, you know, message that that I've tried to carry these last couple of weeks, and this is really the. The crux of what it means to be broken or to allow the humility or the the humbling force of the Lord to have free reign in our lives so that we can be vessels of honor for his purposes, so john fifteen one through three this is the of course the the famous chapter about what it means to abide in christ, and there 's so much more in this chapter, but i 'm really choosing really one. Um, one narrative or, or or one verse that really speaks to me. So listen to this. I am the vine, Jesus said, or I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser or the husbandman. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So there's the first picture that if you're not bearing fruit, then you're not a child of God. So therefore you have fallen away. You have maybe backslidden. So the Lord Mo- removes you and he takes your way, but every branch he said that does bear fruit, what does he do? He prunes it. Why? That it might bear more fruit. Now, to be honest with you, when you first read that, it looks somewhat um, paradoxical. It, it's it, it's some something that when you first look at that, you're saying, man, if 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 someone's bearing fruit in their lives and it's legitimate fruit. Then you would think that man they they 've made it and they 've arrived, however, the Lord says because of their i 'll use the word success I, I I use it lightly because oftentimes we measure success on a scale of zero to ten, but I believe God measures success by the depth of humility, meekness, and brokenness that we ascribe to and walk in as His children, especially as his leaders so um so therefore, even though these branches, the Lord said, are bringing forth fruit. Because of the fruit coming forth, he prunes them. And I would say this. um, Oftentimes, the the greatest deterrence to humility can be ministry success. In other words, maybe God gives someone a vision to maybe, let, let's say, plant a church, and maybe they start in a small little storefront. I, I remember when I was like 20 years old, the Lord put it upon the heart of my wife and I to, to start a, uh, a church in our house, and we started off in our living room with about nine people. If I remember right, this is back in the 80s, but then the thing started growing, so I literally took a an irony board, and we'd put a sheet over it, and I'd stand on our back porch and preach to the yard, and we got up to probably 95, 110 people or so in our yard, and then all of a sudden, we were in the state of West Virginia, so it began to get cold, and we realized that we couldn't stay in the yard because of snow coming, so we we eventually rented a smaller building, and our A storefront building, a small one at first, and then we had to rent two other um, sections that were connected to the same building, and the thing began to grow. I was like 20 years old, and and to be honest with you, I was like, man, this thing is really growing. It's really exploding, and the Lord had to deal with me because I began to experience an unhealthy um, type of fulfillment, and again, the Don't misunderstand, there's nothing wrong with the ministry growing, and we love that. We love to see that. However, it's the ministries that grow and that succeed, even in a holy way, that need the pruning the most because... Again, we all need to be reminded and we all need to remember that it's only by his grace, that it's only by his glory, that it's only by his anointing. It's only by what he does through yielded vessels that really deserve credit and that really deserve glory. And he's the only one that deserves glory and he's not going to share his glory with any other. Therefore, sometimes at the height of success, he will bring about the most intense cutting back or pruning. Why? Why? because he sees what is ahead, and he sees the the greater level of calling and ministry that's ahead of us, and therefore he prunes us. Why? John 15 says that we might bear more fruit. Here's what I believe. I believe there are many people that get stagnant in success. In other words, they reach a place of success in ministry. They reach a a size and ministry and because they begin to gloat in their own ability and what they have started and what they have planted. And again, if you sat down and asked them, don't you know the Lord do this, did this, I'm sorry, or excuse me. Of course they would say, of course the Lord did this. However, we are prone to self-promotion we are prone to self-glory because we're humans so therefore a lot of people grow to a certain level and the danger of growing and even succeeding having fruit is that we get to a place to where we resist the pruning of the lord but the lord will come in at the highest watermark that we've ever seen so to speak in ministry and he'll pull out the shears so to speak and he'll begin to cut away maybe at the size of the crowd, maybe at the leadership, maybe at a certain element of ministry that we thought was so solid and so good. But the Lord sees that there's a part of that that needs to be taken out or needs to be cut away. Why? Because he sees next year, he sees three years, he sees 10 years down the road. And therefore, in his wisdom, in his foreknowledge, in his omniscience, he will allow pruning or he will institute and ordain pruning in our lives in order to further qualify us to deal with the weight and the heaviness of his glory and anointing that we will need for the next season of ministry. So so again, um, pruning takes place not just so that we can know that that God wants to to use us and that God loves us and that God cares about our character, but pruning takes place so that we can do greater things for God so that we can bear more fruit. And what is pruning about? Pruning is about cutting away the part of us that's intermingled with the glory of God so that it all becomes about the glory of God. And we get to a place to where all that matters to us is that Jesus is being glorified, that he is being lifted up. So therefore, pruning is very much necessary. Therefore, listen, brokenness. That's another word that, that I want to use. And again, not brokenness from sin, but brokenness from seeing the Lord as he is. But brokenness and humility is a vital... I mean, it, it it's vital to the process or the purposes of God being fulfilled in our lives. And if we attempt to... Um, suppress or even abort the processes of God, then we will never embody the source of God's grace that is revealed in brokenness and humility. In other words, if we're truly connected to the vine, as we're reading in John 15, then we must embrace the times of pruning, the times of brokenness, or we will never learn to abide in Christ. And listen, I've, I've, I've said this the last two weeks, I believe, on a certain level, but I want to say it again. There are no shortcuts to humility, to meekness, to brokenness. There's there's no like snappy starters to brokenness. There there's no seven quick um, starters to being meek and humble. No, it comes through through public, sometimes even humiliation. You see, it's it, it is not the public displays of ministry though that that qualify validates us as God's people or leaders, but the private shatterings that bring about ultimate brokenness. And sometimes as we're shattered in the private place, our public ministry look like it's, looks like it's drying up at times or it looks like that it's over. And it's in those seasons, especially for, our, now, again, I'm not talking about people in rebellion and people in sin. I'm talking about people that are being faithful, but they're going through battles. They're, they're fighting battles and sometimes even fighting devils. And God will allow the fight. He'll allow the battle. And He'll provide Enough grace, sometimes just enough grace, just enough peace, just enough um, calmness to come, to walk through it. But we feel like we've been slimed on and spit on. We feel like the enemies come down with the claws of death against our soul, and we run red with blood. And there's pain, and there's betrayal, and all these things. But it's in these seasons that we learn to go deeper in the Lord in the private place, and the pruning takes place sometimes. In in the public place, so that God can further qualify us, further anoint us, further prepare us for the greater level of glory that awaits us. Right? Listen, when we look at some of those characters in the Bible that God used so powerfully, whether it be Jacob at Peniel, where he wrestled with the Lord, and it took a wrestling match with with God to. To qualify him to become Israel, to, to become the, the promise of God being manifested as, as the nation of, of God, God's very own people, Israel. His name was changed. How? Not through him promoting himself, but through an experience of pain, through pruning through becoming crippled, and he limps away from that wrestling match, qualified through pain, through pruning, to carry forth the purposes of God for an entire nation of people that the world would look to and see where Jesus, the Messiah, would even come from, from that people. And they're still today fulfilling the purposes of God on certain levels, and God has even an ultimate plan for them in the last days. So, but Jacob had to go through pruning to be qualified. Moses, he spent 40 years in the wilderness um, prior to leading the people of God out of Israel, right? He had to prove himself in a a place of dormancy, a place of dryness. We look at Isaiah, as I shared last week in chapter 6, where he's shattered in the holiness of God. Jeremiah and the vessel on the potter's wheel where the vessel had to be broken down and then remolded or remade again. You see, we, we see these pictures throughout the Word of God where God will use pruning in order to qualify for promotion. So listen, promotion is oftentimes precluded by pruning and sometimes even very, very painful pruning. But listen, the true nature of an authentic child of God is always depicted through the pruning or through the brokenness this This really constitutes our prophetic our, our prophetic expression on the earth as god's people you see to to be a prophetic people in other words to carry the voice of the lord to carry the eternal purposes of the lord means that we would rather look like a fool in front of others than to cave into christian ministry performance void of the breath of eternity and how do we have the breath of eternity in our lives upon our ministries upon our lives friend it it, it comes through pruning it comes through it comes through these shattering experiences where the lord makes himself more known in seasons of death and dormancy. And again, oftentimes we resist these things and we rebuke these things. But listen, I'm not talking about a demonic attack to where the enemy's coming in like a flood, where we have the authority and the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard, or we have the authority to resist the devil and he flees. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the times when the Lord allows us to be pruned. God does the pruning, and many times we mistake the role of God for the role of the enemy. But friend, As leaders, we need to have enough wisdom and discernment to know when God is doing something and allow Him to have His greater work fulfilled in our lives. But we'll rebuke the Lord's work. We'll try to cast it out. We'll try to fast it out, and all these type of things. And I understand that I've done that more than once in my life, especially in my twenties and thirties. I'm fifty-five now, but I mean, in my earlier years, sometimes I would have a challenge understanding what was the devil and what was God. But but I begin. Began to discern by the Spirit that there were seasons where God put me on a shelf in order to further qualify me for what He had called me to do. And, um, and again, oftentimes we are trying to rebuke the thing that God is doing in our lives. You see, humility, meekness, brokenness is, is, is not something that can be taught in a classroom. It's not something that's taught through the logic of man and the Lord in His mercy. Um, is completely faithful to his purposes in our lives. So listen, brokenness is completely connected to the level of intimacy that one ascribes to with the Lord. It only really comes through union with God himself and by incessantly beholding his holiness and his glory. Again, when we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, he was incessantly shattered by the holiness of Jesus and the love of the Lord towards him. He never let it go to his head. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the, the, the raising up of churches, the establishment of elders. I mean, all the great things that the apostle did for the Lord. These things never caused him to gloat in his own strength and his own ability, but they caused him to be humble as a man of God. And you see the, the, the element of, of meekness is is one of great depth. It it can't be taught, again, or explained through reasoning. It is weightier than proper doctrine or theology, even though those things are very important. But proper doctrine and proper theology also allows us to realize that there are times whenever we need to be pruned. You see, we have some theology that just rebukes anything that's what we consider negative, But but God will take sometimes what's negative to our natural eye. However, it's powerful and it's spiritual and it's necessary to our spiritual eye and he'll give us the ability to see what he's doing you see it it's it's only developed through divine illumination or spiritual sight that's the way that we are allowed to walk in humility and in brokenness, you see, the, the dynamic of, of humility, meekness is always unself-conscious. I want you to hear that. Not conscious, but unself Not self-conscious, but unself-conscious. In other words, not focused on self or religious exercise. You see, listen to what Oswald Chambers said. He's the one that wrote the amazing devotion, Utmost for His Highest. But listen to what he said. He said, the true character of loveliness that tells for God is always unconscious. Um, In other words, humility, brokenness, meekness is not something that we work on with our own human ability and strength. But it's something that happens by almost like a spiritual osmosis, by way of our interconnectedness with Christ or our union with Him. That's like I said the first week. I'm I'm challenged with people that claim to have all these, um, you know, visits in heaven and all this kind of stuff, but they remain braggadocious and they they are so self complimentary and they 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 talk about their own ministry and all. Listen, friend. Any time I've ever experienced the the glory or the holiness of Jesus, I become like a mute. I don't even sometimes want to share anything. And until God gives me grace, a lot of times I never do. You see, when we are unself conscious, then there is a dynamic of true humility, true character, the character of the holiness or the loveliness of Jesus begins to emanate through us. And the Lord uses our lives in ways that we're not even aware of sometimes, but it's because of brokenness. It's because of our willingness to allow the lord to prune us that we become further qualified through loss of human aspiration and human desire that we become further qualified by the spirit to carry the eternal purposes of jesus in our lives and our callings and our ministries you see in a proper biblical mindset the deeper we grow in the knowledge and understanding of the lord of jesus the more we see ourselves as frail in our own strength and abilities in In turn, what happens is we behold our incessant need for God's divine assistance, our grace in all of our lives. Now, listen, I know we're more than conquerors through Christ. I know we resist the devil. He flees for us. I know that we rebuke devils. I, I, I have no problem with any of that. I believe in that. I don't live in fear and trepidation when I'm ministering, whether it be in a third world nation, when I'm ministering in a tribal region of Africa, whatever, I don't walk up there. In, I walk up in boldness in the Lord. However, at the same time, I know that I better not walk up there in the strength of Keith Collins, in the intellectualism of Keith Collins, in the experience of Keith Collins. Through brokenness and humility, my heart is, my heart cries this Jesus, I need you to show up, Lord. I am not arrogant enough to, to think that my good ability to preach, not that I'm a great preacher, but I'm not arrogant enough to think that because I'm here that you're going to know, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am humble. I am meek. I, I want to be lowly. Why? Because there's nothing in and of myself. It's only by grace, by the Power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the element of brokenness in the life of a child of God, especially a leader, will demand transparency and honesty before the Lord. It removes the mask of religion, the mask of performance that so many leaders hide behind within the church. And it causes them to stand before the Lord and say, Jesus, I need you more than anything else. Listen, friend, I could go on and on. I'm coming to a close here about a minute left, but let me encourage you, go deeper in intimacy with Jesus. How do you experience humility, meekness, brokenness? Friend, there's only one way, intimacy with Jesus Christ. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame today with Keith Collins. Again, so honored to come to share with you week in and week out, share this program, share this broadcast with someone. We love you. Again, make sure to visit us, KeithCollins.net or ImpactGF.org. Look forward to being back with you again next week, and we'll see where we go. I'm going to pray. There's so many other things on this subject that I could share about on apostolic meekness, but we just want the Lord to lead us. But I, I pray that you've been encouraged, that you've been challenged, that the Lord has used these last three weeks to cause you to go deeper in Him. We love you. God bless you. And again, we'll see you next week on Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, Then let me encourage you to listen weekly To episodes that will encourage you In your walk with God To learn more about our ministry You can visit us at Keith-Collins.org Or ImpactGF.org May the fire of God Burn brighter and hotter In your life God bless you